Welcome to the Training Ground Guru podcast in association with Huddle. Our guest for this episode, the final one of 2021, is Mariella Nisotaki, the head of emerging talent at Norwich City. She told Simon Austin what it's like being the only female scout on the circuit in the UK, how she balances data with human judgment, and what Norwich's ambitions are going forwards. First, she explained exactly what her role involves. My role is head of emerging talent. I'm leading actually the scouting of players like 70 to 21 years old, either you know ready for the first team or they need you know one two years to get there. So yeah, and I'm you know this is this is domestically, this is uh, internationally as well, and you know I'm working very close with Lee Dan, uh, who is the head of recruitment um, on that. Is that a new role at Norwich? Yeah, it's, it's a new role. I mean, of course. I mean, you know, everyone knows uh, knows Nordic and you know the history of of, of the young players and the um, emerging market. So you know, it's something that we want to uh, we always want to to invest. So yeah, it's a new role, but you know, we were always actually working on that uh, on that market anyway. Because I think we've said on the site you're very unusual in being a female scout, a female in recruitment um, in English football. So yeah, I was just wondering how it started. So where did you grow up, first of all? So I did grow up in uh, in Athens. So I am from Greece uh, originally. I grew up there. Um, you know, I was involved in sports from a very young age. Uh, I was playing a lot of different sports, and I think it's a, it's kind of natural. I was I was quite good in sports when I was I was younger and playing them. So you know, I think that naturally you have an interest after if you're doing something well, especially when you are a kid. So I started, I started like playing kind of different sports, a lot of different sports. Uh, I play more basketball, to be honest with you. Uh, when I was back in Greece, I, I, I played football too. So I, I knew from a very young age that I want to be involved in, in a team sports and I want to do something with sports. So when it was the, it was the time to decide about university, I went to uh, the University of Athens and studied sports science and physical education. And then in the fourth year there, you have to to like uh, get a specialization, how we call it. And I decided to, to do um, football uh, on that. So I started coaching a little bit back in Greece uh, in academies. And then, you know, I, I always wanted to, to do a master's degree and I was looking abroad. And in the beginning, I thought maybe sport management, then uh, reading about coaching. And I, have, I always had an interest in scouting as well. And and thought, okay, uh, probably sports performance analysis is what I really want to do to uh, to get closer to the professional um, environment. So I went to Cardiff. I did an analysis uh, master's degree there for a year. Then after that, after a year, I went to Swansea Football Club, which was my uh, actual my first professional like role in the professional football. And I did a bit of scouting, a bit of analysis. I left there after a year. I went back to Greece for four months. I worked for Atromitos, which is a club in the Super League, uh, which was a, a good experience for me. It was a, 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 a little bit different, but good experience. I was with the team, you know, traveling. I was sitting on the bench. So it was, yeah, it was completely different. But then I had the, the offer from Norwich after a few months to, to start in the scouting uh, department, which was, to be honest with you, what I really wanted to do from the beginning. So, you know, I came here and I'm here now the last five years. And, you know, I have undertaken different roles in the club. Uh, yeah, until now. And I read that football manager uh, played a big part in your uh, sort of youth. 
<laughs> yeah, no, that's true. Uh, I think a lot of people involved in uh, in football or, or not. I started playing foot, uh, football management from when I was yeah quite young, until until probably when I I started working in, in professional football. I think then first of all you don't have the time, and also like you know your job is not, not close to the game. I wouldn't really say that, but uh, you know just involves a lot of things. Yeah. that you actually have to manage in the game as well. Yeah, no, it was interesting because I used to play that a lot as well. And yeah. I was reading again that your dad said, why are you wasting your time doing this? Yeah, I, you know, I had, a, I had a big interest from very young age to, to, to really read a lot as well about football players and know where everyone is playing uh, and all these kind of things. And uh, I remember like all my friends were asking me about, about um, information and my brothers and my dad, where I was... Like why you know all this is not really important for you, uh, but yeah, now now we're just laughing at that. Yeah, and it was interesting as well when you were at Cardiff Met. You th- did you get an internship at Swansea City as as a performance analyst? No, when I was at Cardiff Met, I I had an internship in the actual in the women team, uh, women football team in the university because of course it's a very good sports university. Um, you know, very good facilities, but so, but also good teams uh, in Wales. So I had, yeah, I had an internship there, and also at the same time, uh, I had an internship uh, with uh, Hockey Wales. Uh, so just completely different background, and then I worked there, and then after that, my role at Swansea was uh, a full-time role. Right. Oh, okay. And it's fair to say that was in its infancy at that time. Then at performance analysis at the club. Uh, in terms of, uh, you mean uh, at uh, Swansea? Yeah, was it starting from scratch really at that time? No, really, not really. But it was it was um, a new project. Uh, what was tra- uh, starting from scratch was that project which was involved analysis for scouting. So yeah, it was uh, Ryan Eads that was then at Swansea uh, working with uh, uh, Gary Monk and Pep Lotet. And yeah, they wanted to to do something different in terms of scouting, like just use our uh, their own KPIs to ev- evaluate players. And yeah, this was the reason that uh, this project started. Um, were you mainly working in recruitment at that time? Or- yes, it was, it was recruitment, uh, but it was, it, was, it, was, it was a bit of a mixture, uh, I would say, but it was recruitment mainly. This was the purpose of the role. And then the department really grew, didn't it, over time? Yeah, uh, no, that happened at Swansea, although um, I think in that season, in the middle of this season, it was the 15-16 season, uh, Gary Mong left in the middle of the season and then um, Widolin uh, joined uh, the club. And uh, to be honest with you, I, I left after this, my year and my contract was only for, for a year. So this project really stopped after Gary Mong left. So yeah, I, I kind of lost track a little bit. After, yeah. but yeah, definitely like, uh, you know, speaking with some guys at Swansea as well. After, I think they try to, to build again the department with, you know, data analysts as well. And yeah, all this. And how did the job at Norwich come about after that? Yeah. Uh, initially, I started at Norwich as, as technical scouts. And yeah, it was, it was simply as a, you know, online. Uh, I applied and um, yeah, I had the interviews. I, I met. You know, I was invited in the club. You know, uh, Alex Neal was back then the, the manager. Uh, Donald Barron and Sam Pope uh, were working the technical scouting department. So, you know, I, I spoke with them and I got the job and that's how I started. So, 
Yeah, and I think people can sometimes get a bit confused about the different titles in football if, if they're not working in football. So what does a technical scout do? Yeah, no, I understand that. And it's, I think, probably differs from club to club. But I think, you know, the core responsibilities are probably similar and are, you know, helping a lot in the in the actual process. It might include video scouting. It, it might include, you know, using the data to flag players. Uh, it includes as well, like, a bit of coordination with the scouts, like, you know, trying to coordinate information, communicate them, you know, and, and make sure in the end of the day, like to make sure that, you know, the scouting department don't miss or doesn't miss anything really. Uh, because, you know, a lot of reports coming on and it's easy for things to be missed in the, in the process in the, and also in the routine of a football club. So this was, you know, a big part of the role. And also, of course, like helping with the targets in terms of like creating video profiles and, uh, you know, creating dossiers, you know, doing all this kind of research in the in the background. Um, and I know Kieran Scott has spoken about the part you played in the signing of uh, Emiliano Buendia at that time. I mean, I think I, I said it a lot of times that, you know, every transfer is, is a teamwork, really. And uh, Emi, Emi, of course, was was uh, scoring quite high in in our data uh in our uh, in our KPIs uh, you know playing not for a very uh, big club in the second division of Spain so you know the player was flagged uh, that way and then we watched him a lot and you know um you know fair, a fair play to 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 Kieran and to to Stuart that they really jumped into it quickly and made the decision to to sign the player yeah, and I know Stuart Webber, your sporting director, has also spoken about the fact his sort of bold figures maybe didn't look that good because he wasn't scoring that many goals or getting that many assists. So how did you look beyond that? Yeah, this is something that I always say because a lot of people, they say, you know, the data, they might lie. Uh, you know, we don't have the whole picture. And I understand that. But in the end of the day, I think the data are facts and the most important is how, how we, as when I say we, I mean us, the people, we are actually use the data and we're actually trying to, to answer your questions because actually if we ask the, the wrong questions, then we get the wrong answers. Uh, that's how I see it. And it's very important to, to really try to get the context. Um, you know, when someone plays for maybe a team that is not performing very well, of course, like the some of the, I don't know, the actual data that we look uh, or the more common I, I would say they might not look very good but you know you always have to really get the context the team style and all these kind of things to try to uh, have a, a better picture for mm -hmm. a player I think and you know that's what we did with with Emi as well you know trying to look a little a little bit beyond the quality of the team and trying to you know to flag the individual qualities and you know things that we think that you know him Playing in a in a better in a better team and in a different maybe team uh, team style, uh, he can really you know improve in a, in in a lot of things. So, what sort of metrics were you looking at with him? Well, um, Emmy, Emmy, of course, he was creating a lot of chances. Maybe his uh, kind of assists or goal contribution weren't very high, but you know if you if you really see his chances created compared to the quality of of the team and where his team finished in the league it was very high uh, so this this definitely was one uh, one factor not only that but yeah it was one of the things that we looked yeah okay and do, do you think that's why a lot of other teams missed him bigger teams because um, the assists and the goals weren't that good I, 
I don't think so. Uh, you know, it might be a reason for some clubs. I don't know, but you know, it's not only the date. I'm pretty sure that a lot of clubs they watch him as well on video and live as as we did. In the end of the day, I think the most important is who makes the the decision. It is also about timing, uh, you know, and exploring the opportunity. I think you know we live in the in a in a world that no one really can miss a player anymore uh, because you know with one button you can really see a player playing. I don't know in Chile, for example. Uh, you don't really have to to travel to really see the player. So you know, it's it's everything about decision and who is maybe you know sometimes as well time timing, but also like you have to to be brave to to do it. You know. And I, I was just wondering, what's what was the sort of process in that role? Then would you do you start with the data, doing a bit of a trawl of sort of global leagues? Uh, you mean when I was doing te- uh, te- yeah with the, the technical, technical scouting? Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, I would say a bit of a combination, a bit of a mixture. I was I was watching a few a few games on video as well. So you know, we always try to to use the data to support our process in general. So yeah, I would say it was a bit of a combination on that. Yeah, and then your next role um, was that into recruitment analysis. I mean, after one year and a half, I think it was um, you know it was. I was asked to to lead the that uh, department. Of course, again working with with, with Lee Dan, which he was uh, you know head of uh, performance and recruitment analysis, and now he has also become the head of recruitment. Uh, so yeah, we were working together uh, on that. So it was a kind of of similar role than the previous one, but you know uh, having a bit of more responsibility on that. And then yeah, after after this role, then I started. Uh, doing a bit more scouting in terms of you know traveling a lot abroad. Uh, I was scouting a lot in Holland and Belgium and South America, and yeah, until we are here today and with a yeah. with a new role from from August. And it, it's very interesting. Actually. It always seems to me Norwich are very clear on what they're doing. So there's it seems like there's a clear game model and there's a clear structure as well from the top. So you've got Stuart Weber in charge and. It seems very aligned. Do, do you find that yourself in your job? Yeah, no, uh, uh, definitely. And, you know, uh, I feel that we are quite lucky on that. Uh, you know, it's, it's everything aligned. The, the philosophy is clear, which, of course, makes the, everyone's job easier. And also, like I say, it's a really good club. Like, it, it motivates you. You know, you, you, know, you get opportunities, uh, as happened with me. And, you know, you, you just have to work hard and continue, you know, improving and learning and I think everything else it uh, takes care of itself really and do you in your job have a clear idea of the game model of how the team's going to play and then do you have a clear idea of what you want with different positions as well yeah yeah I think we do I think we do of course we always want to you know to 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 improve and but I think we do and this is very very important I think you know like it's everything you know scouting is a, is a different a different, um, I would say, process. But then also you have recruitment, and if these two, they're not, and also sorry, and also you have game model, and if all these pillars, I would say, they're not in the same in the same page, then you know it's difficult for the transfer to really work. So uh, of course you need to have a clear game model, and it's a lot easier uh, when that comes from the top, and and it's and it's clear for everyone. And I was hoping to as well get a bit of an idea of how the department works and how your role works. Um, so what would be the starting point? Would you 
always be looking at the data, as we say, um, at different leagues and, and different players? Well, as I said before, it, it is it is a mixture. Uh, we use data in the process and we are very lucky that we are well backed up, really, because Stuart really believes on that uh, as well. And, we you know, we have a lot of resources, but, of course, we have... Uh, Scouts as well, and which they're working in their in their markets, and uh, you know everyone fully fully trusts them, and 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 that's very important. Uh, so we use data either you know in the in the beginning of the process, like depends a lot of times, especially in the second tiers or second tier leagues, as we um, as we call them. We use data in the beginning of the process to flag the players. And then we, we start watching them after. Uh, in our bigger market, it's a mixture, of course, like, you know, their scouts, they know their markets very well. Um, they also flag the players. We try to help as well uh, a lot of times with, you know, flagging some players that they're doing well on data. So, yeah, it's, it's a mixture. Would the step after that first filter to, to be then to go to video them with something like Scout to, to look at the player? When we use the data as a filtering process yeah in the in the beginning then the video yeah the the video follows uh, yeah if if then there is an interest of course the live viewing uh, follows well uh, when when we are uh, able to do that and would you then go and scout a specific player or like a specific market because i know you've just been to south america haven't you recently for example so you you would look at a few players that you've kind of earmarked through the data and the video when you do that yeah, I mean, we are, of course, we are trying to be targeted. We are actually trying to be efficient. This is probably the best word to describe it. I mean, my role includes different markets. So, yes, South America was a market that I worked before. Now that was an opportunity to to travel again there uh, with all this, you know, a, a very good um, opportunity to, to do it. We want to, as well as it's a market, South America, that we want to, uh, get more into and invest more and uh, it's good that we have started doing work but now we're more into it we we have as well a scout in brazil and a scout in uh, argentina so yeah it was really good uh, going there and see again the level when you're watching a game mariella what do you look for in a player this actually depends you know um depends the age group uh, of course the you know, all, all these kind of things. But I think, you know, everyone looks for potential and looks for skill, for technical skill, for physical skill, uh, tactical skill, especially when we are talking about first-team players. And, you know, the most important thing is to look for a player that is right for your team. If we go together and watch a game, I think we are probably uh, spot the best player. I don't, I don't think that this is really difficult uh, to do. But I think, you know, to, to spot the right player for your team, this is, this is the most important uh, one year scouting for the team anyway. And what's it like if you happen to watch a lot of games? Is that very tiring and demanding? Yeah, it is. You know, when you're watching a game, there's a lot of information for your mind to to process, uh, to process really. And, you know, a lot of people, they're saying, oh, in the end of the day, you're, you're watching just football games. But it's not, it's not the same really watching the games, I don't know, with a, with a beer, with your friends and watching Summer's League. It's, it's completely different. Uh, you ha- really have to be focused and uh, a lot of things going on and you, for your mind to process all this information. So, you know, when you have to watch, I don't know, two, three games in a row, uh, that that can become uh, tiring. And this is why uh, technology, data 
and all these uh, resources can come to the game because you know we are going to miss things uh, for sure. Uh, I think the the human brain can take a, a specific percent or uh, percentage of information at one time. So you know we are, we are going to miss things, and so we have to really use other other tools. Uh, for the information that we are actually missing. And when you're watching a game, would you you're taking notes by hand, are you, or do you have a template that you fill in? I am actually taking notes on my phone. I'm not very good at oh, writing in right. terms of no. my handwriting is not very clear to read. <laughs> to be honest with you, so after the game, I, I tried to read my notes and like uh, what I wanted to say here, you know. So no, I, I use my phone. I, I, I use my phone on that. Okay. And then when you go back to the hotel room or wherever, would you put a report together? Yeah, uh, it's good to, to do it as, as soon as possible. So for the game to be to be fresh, especially when you're in a tournament or something when all the, you know, there are a lot of games in a very small period of time. It's good to do it as, as, as soon as possible. So yeah, I'm trying to, to write my reports, you know, sooner than later. Although, you know, this is as well a, a big part of, of the role that, you know, takes time to uh, you know to put it all, all together in a actually a report and play right, okay. would that report have data in it as well and video uh, we have it differently um, wh- when we write our report after the games it's, it's only a, you know a wording uh, video and data they, they, they come in different sp- in different parts of the of the process as well right okay and in your role are you also managing scouts have you got scouts underneath you yeah, we, uh, yeah, we have an, an emerging talent scout as well, but also that uh, that you know I we work together, uh, but also we have you know all the scouts that we have for the first team they always you know uh, scout emerging talent as well. So yeah, always I am in, the, in direct communication with them. Is it very much a two-way process with yourself and Lee Dunn, who's the head of recruitment, and Stuart? So- would they come to you and say we're looking at players in a particular position or a particular age bracket, or are you also going to them and telling them about players that you've earmarked? How does that? Yeah, work? no, of course. Like the the communication is it's very good, and that's because uh, you know we're not a very a very big team in terms of like uh, size, in terms of of uh, people working in the in the department, which is which is good. Uh, that means that you know it's easier the communication uh, between us but now I'm working very 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 close with Lee uh, which of, who of course leads the the department yeah it it really works both ways who would do the actual negotiations would that be more Lee who would negotiate with the agent and the player and the yeah the I think Lee, Lee, Lee and Stuart they're actually uh, doing a lot of course like you know we you know we have to to really get all the information uh, and everything so you know, we have to start this process uh, for sure. But, you know, when it comes to actual recruitment, then, yeah, uh, Stuart uh, takes care of that. Yeah. Yeah, and a huge thing for all of us recently has been Brexit. And I would imagine that has a big impact on your job, doesn't it, in in that particular age group, the 17 to 21s? Yeah, no, uh, it does. Uh, In general, I think in the whole football, uh, probably we haven't really seen the results yet, or but I think it will change a, a lot of things but you know we want to see it more as opportunity of course you know uh, closes some markets more that we used to recruit as well uh, but opens up different uh, opportunities and different markets for example like South America is one but maybe now it's a little bit easier 
Uh, also in the younger ages, uh, you know, you always have to really look a little bit behind uh, to, to see the whole picture. Uh, you know, some, sometimes you might be able to, to appeal um, when the player is under 21. So, you know, we have to really be open-minded and also we have to be creative uh, with what we are doing. And, you know, that's part of the role as well, especially the emerging talent role. Yeah, because um, it's become a lot harder to bring in players from Europe, hasn't it, within those younger age groups? Yeah, depends. Uh, depends if the players are playing in the national teams, uh, if they have senior minutes. So it really depends. You have to really take it case by case. But definitely it wasn't as before where everyone was eligible to come. Uh, so, yeah, that definitely has changed. Yeah. So, so has the club shifted the focus a bit outside Europe but because of Brexit? Yeah, I think it was something that uh, we were actually seeing coming, uh, if you know what I mean. We were we were preparing for that. It didn't really come, you know, one summer and everything changed. We we thought that, you know, this is going to, to come really. Uh, so that's the reason we have already started the process of scouting outside North America, South America. But also like still now Europe is, is still a, a big market for us with, you know, the top five leagues. Also, you have the European competition, then you have the international competition as well. So I can't say that we don't really, of course, like Europe is, is the biggest market uh, still, but it's more, it's more difficult now to recruit players from the second division of Spain that we did before, maybe second division of, of Germany. But, you know, you have to adapt. Really, you have to adapt and you have to find your op uh, opportunities elsewhere. Yeah, and it, your personal story is very interesting again, because I know you've said when you've been scouting around Europe, you've only really seen two other female scouts. Is that right? Uh, Helena Costa and Andrea Orts. Um, yeah, that's right. That's the, yeah. the only two I met. Um, the only two anyway I met in, in the stadiums. Um, I hope there, there are more at least working in the, you know, more maybe office base and stuff. But yeah, uh, these are the only two. Elena works for Eintracht Frankfurt and uh, Andrea for Espanol. Have you ever encountered any sort of problems or issues or prejudices from being a woman? No, really. I would say, it's, you know, I feel very comfortable and I feel that the people around me feel very comfortable too, uh, uh, which is good. I, I try to not really, you know, think like that. Uh, you know, of course, I'm, I am happy. And, you know, that I am in that environment, it was something that came very natural to me. So this is the reason I don't really uh, think a lot about it or, you know, influence my job. Um, and I think as well that, you know, you just if I, you know, if I can motivate or inspire other women, then that's great. But I think, you know, we just have to be confident. We have to work hard. Maybe it's a little bit more difficult to enter the field. I, I, I really uh, understand that. But I think that once you're in, you know, then if you work hard, especially in a, in a country like England, and I think we live in a, in a part of the world that is quite progressive. And, you know, they're trying now a lot to, to create more uh, opportunities uh, for that. I think that the most important thing is the education. So this has to start really from, from very young age to encourage really more, more women to, to come into the, into the game. But as I said before, I think we live in a part of the world I don't really want to, to speak about, you know, lack of opportunities when I know that in other parts of the world, women, they don't have the right to even work or study. You know, for me, this is 
really a, a topic to really discuss more than you know women in football in in UK or the or the West Europe. So you know, as I said, I'm really trying to work hard, be be confident, and I'm, if I can inspire someone else, that you know, I I consider this an, an really achievement, and you know, I'm proud for that. Yeah, have you had some of the male scouts who were surprised at how much you know? Do you get that kind of uh, yeah sort of prejudice I, to start with? Yeah, I do get it. I can't really I can't really lie on that. I do get it, um, but you know. I think I'm usually it is it is a positive surprise, which is which is good. Uh, so I haven't really faced something that, you know, it's not a, a, a positive surprise, at least with the people that they, uh, you know, I actually talk. So, uh, yeah, I, I think I'm I'm quite comfortable with that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I read a good quote from you where you said, I think, turn your difference into a strength, which is a good quote. Yeah, uh, I think I, I really believe on that in general. Uh, in the life for for everyone, and I think you know. I, I think as I said before, if you can distinguish yourself or on, on something like you, you know, you're working somewhere that is not very used. Um, so then you know you are different, and you know people tend to remember you. So yeah, exactly. You have to really turn your kind of what seems as a weakness into an opportunity and into a strength. Do you get many women and girls getting in touch with you, asking how they can get into? Yes, no, I do, I do, and I'm really try. I do, and I also do from a lot of people from Greece, and I'm very happy for that if I can really help because you know when I started from Greece, no one, you know, it wasn't very very common. Uh, no one, I didn't really have a lot of people to ask. So you know, I'm really, I really want now to help either other women or or people from Greece. Uh, well, not only Greece, of course. Um, you know, if I if I help someone to to really find what uh, he or she wants to do, and you know, like and follow that, then you know that's that's great for me. I really want to help, and this is the reason I, uh, with another colleague, we we did as well like three three years ago uh, a scouting course back in Athens, and you know, we actually want to to do that again, just trying to help a little bit people, just trying to, to pass some experience back to the country. Yeah. Do you think the situation will start changing then and we will see more women coming into scouting? I think so. I think so. Already, already. Uh, you know, I have spoken with a few women uh, that they really want to get involved and they're asking me about, you know, what is best, how to start. And I'm really happy for that. So, yeah, I think I think that is it is going to change and not probably soon. I, I believe soon. And we've touched on this quite a lot already. Um, there's quite a big debate, isn't there, about human eyes versus data. Um, and we've seen quite a lot of clubs cutting scouts as well with COVID. So I was just wondering, how, how do you think that will go? What do you think the balance should be between human eyes and data? Um, and can you ever just do it from an office without going to games? I think I understand this. I Although I think that there's no re real debate, I think that you need to have the balance. Uh, for me, you need to have the balance. I, I can't see the th a threat, you know, the data being a threat to, to the scouts or the opposite. Uh, I really see that, you know, if you're intelligent enough and open-minded enough, you will really see the data as something that really can support your, your work and at the end of the day, make you better and also make you make better decisions. Uh, decision. So I think the balance sometimes depends. You know, for for everyone it works differently, and every club have a different 
different structure and different strength. So I can't really say, you know, this is the right way. I think you need to adapt. You need to assess your your people and you need to, to really adapt um, your structure on that as well. Um, now in terms of, I don't think that you can completely eliminate the human factor, in my opinion. And um, I think data can help you in video and all sort of technology to become more efficient. And I think this is this is very important because you know for whoever works in a football club or that football daily routine can really say that you know there's not a lot of time really. 24 hours and seven days doesn't really a week. They're not enough a lot of times. So if you can become more efficient and if you have the tools to do it, I can understand why not use them really. Mm. Um, but also, you know, it's, it's, it is a field that needs a decision making and that decision that has to come from, from a person or from a human and in the way that the data are used, again, they have to, to come from, from a human. And also like scouting, you know, it's different watching the game and maybe founding the place, but also that includes a lot of networking, a lot of establishing connections. Uh, finding in information, so all these, I think they're very important to really travel, be in the markets, have this contact with people. Uh, so this is the reason I think that it cannot really completely get, you know, go away, this yeah. this part of, uh, of scouting. I, I suppose in any job in football, really, if it's coaching or whatever, you are going to need to have some technical ability aren't you now if you want to get on in the game and if you want to get a job at a club it's definitely not only recruitment definitely definitely it's, it is very important i think it's it's the base no it, it is the base but i think what distinguishes you after uh, are other factors as well of course you need to have a, a certain level without that i don't think that you can really you know um stay a lot uh in the field but once you have that then as there are as well other factors that uh, you know, uh, play a, a very important role. Yeah, yeah. I think I've seen that doing the website, actually, that the soft skills and the relationship building is crucial, again, in any job. Because you could be the best technically, couldn't you, at recruitment or sports science, but if you can't build the relationship with the coaches, the manager, the players, then you're going to have very limited impact. Yeah, I think personal relationships are one of the most important skills that someone can have in the life in general, uh, we're speaking about work or about uh, personal life. Uh, I think it's, it is very, very important uh, skill and, you know, it will always be, I yeah. think. Yeah, so I suppose that's kind of uh, solace to some people then. It's never going to just become technology or data or computers. You know, there's always going to be that human element as well. Yeah, I, I think so. Uh, that's my opinion. Of course, we've seen a, a very big shift and, I understand why and you know i think as i said we need to to really be on top of that and we really need to to use any technology we have available because in the end of the day it makes us better so um i think i think i, I don't i don't really see it as, as a as a threat at all no no yeah and just a couple of last questions actually um you must have seen a huge change since you've been at norwich yeah, in the uh, club, you know where where it's gone to it. Yeah, no, of course. Like I was here, um, I joined initially January two thousand seventeen, and uh, after three years was the when a lot of things changed in the club with uh, Stuart Weber coming as a sporting director, and yeah, a lot of things changed. It was very good to see uh, for me to see that transformation, even if I was only three months. 
you know, I could, you know, see the difference, um, you know, the culture change, uh, the environment change, the philosophy is, is very clear and, and, and uh, everything is, you know, uh, you know, it's a, a positive environment to, to really work. And, you know, f and for me, it's a very good learning process as well. It's, I'm, I'm very lucky, you know, being here and I really appreciate every opportunity I get to, to learn, not, not only about scouting, you know, you learn about all the aspects and, you know, working with these people that's very experienced around you. I think, you, you know, I'm just trying to, to make the most of it and learn about everything here. I know there was some criticism uh, recently, people saying that the club lacked ambition. They were happy to kind of be a yo-yo club between the championship and the Premier League. But again, yeah, being on the inside, do you, I guess you've seen a lot more progress than that, haven't you? Yeah, no, I mean, I, I don't think uh, this is the the right thing to say, really, that the club lacks uh, ambition. I think the, clubs is, the, the club is, is very ambitious and, you know, we want to, uh, to improve. I mean, we need to improve, yes, of course. We aim to improve 100%. Um, the club is quite ambitious, so we're trying to do it in, in our way as well. Uh, maybe it's is not the the common way, and that's maybe a lot of people they just translate that as a lack of ambitions. But because it's not a common way, it's a different way uh, of doing it. It's a different way of you know trying to. Of course, we are a self-funding club. You know, we're trying to as well to play with young players. You know, that means sometimes that you know you that comes with uh, with some mistakes uh, for sure. But uh, you know, uh, we're aiming to to become an established Premier League club. Uh, that's 100% and everyone here works for that, uh, for that target. Excellent. And just a final one, what, what are your own personal ambitions? Where, where do you want to get to in your career? Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I, am, I am quite ambitious. Uh, to be honest, I, at the moment, I'm really very happy and very lucky being in an environment that I'm learning every day. And I think that's, that's my aim, really. I really like uh, that, you know, of course, I, I'm, I'm very lucky that I got opportunities here and my role has has uh, progressed which is very good for my for myself you know it's a, it's a very nice uh, learning process for me and you know getting different responsibilities and different experiences which is going to help me a lot in the future so yeah I mean I'm really really passionate of you know of what I'm doing I really like as well you know leadership roles and stuff so for me the most important at the moment is that uh, you know I'm just learning every day and I'm trying to to be the best I can do and really, if I, I think if I aim that, then, you know, the future really will take care of, of itself and uh, I can also progress in, in my role in the future. Oh, that's fantastic. Thank you for your time. Thanks, Simon. Enjoy that. Thank you for listening to the Training Ground Guru podcast in association with Huddle. Everyone at TGG would like to wish you a very happy new year and we'll be back in January with our first episode of 2022. In the meantime, you can follow our latest updates on the website and on Twitter at ground underscore guru.